0: Hi, I'm Justine and I'm here to tell you being mentally ill isn't the end of the world. I know what it's like to live with a mental illness. It's hard. You're constantly trying to hide your struggles from others and you feel like you're weaker than others because of your illness, but that's not true. So many badasses struggle with mental illnesses, but they don't talk about them because they're afraid of being judged or thought of as weak minded. Well guess what? They're not. We can change that by talking openly about our struggles and sharing our stories with each other in a positive light. This is why I created Mentally a Badass, so we can come together as badasses who are also mentally ill or who's had it rough in life and share our stories with one another in a safe place that celebrates our strengths rather than shames our weaknesses. I hope this podcast helps you feel less alone in this crazy life of ours and I hope it makes your life just a little bit better. From childhood trauma to gaining a purpose in life, TikToker Tiara Haas has successfully created a community on TikTok to help others feel less alone in a world where mental illness is still stigmatized. Borderline personality disorder is one of the most misunderstood disorders out there. Today on this
1: episode, Tiara is gonna open up about her experience living with the disorder and what she plans to do
0: to help her community. Let's get into it.
1: everybody. Welcome back to Mentally a Badass. My name is Justine and today I have Tiara. I found this wonderful human being on TikTok. She's on TikTok spreading (laughs) mental health awareness and I felt like her beliefs and my beliefs really aligned. So I reached out to her on Instagram and I got a response. Absolutely super grateful. And so today um, we're going to be talking about um, BPD essentially in like, her childhood. And we're really going to dig deep into that. Um, so, Tiara, welcome to my podcast. Thanks for coming on.
2: No problem. How is everyone today?
1: They're probably super fantastic <laughs> right now in their car, in their shower. Uh, does anyone listen to a, a podcast in the shower?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely listen to the podcast in the shower.
1: And I like, was I used. know
2: this is like my first podcast, so like, forgive me with that. How are you? Not like, <laughs> <nothing>.
1: like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, you're you're good, girl. Love that. I love that for you. So, um, okay, so I have had a couple of people on my podcast that do experience BPT as well. Mm. So, um, I want to get your perspective and your feedback on this. I pulled a quote from Doctor Google. And I want to just put, basically it's just in case if this is someone's first time listening to a podcast that has a topic of BPD and they have no idea what it is. I'm going to read um, a quote from Google and then I want um, Tierra to give me like her like definition um, of what BPD is. Borderline personality disorder is a mental illness that severely impacts a person's ability to regulate their emotions this loss of emotional control can increase impulsivity affect how a person feels about themselves and negatively affect their relationship with others okay so tiara what is your definition of um, bpd
2: my definition is obviously kind of the same thing i would say like the biggest part is the dysregulation of emotions um but i feel like it could be better described with not really a dysregulation of emotion, but more of like a extreme emotion. And I only say that because like, I hate to say it, but it really is like a perspective thing. Like when you get to a certain place, it's more of like an extreme emotion and just how you react to it and not really like a dysregulation where you're like all over the place. So I really want, I wish it was kind of more explained that way other mm-hmm. than the regulation. Uh-huh. But obviously that's going to have effect on your relationships with people, your life. And like, uh, it. honestly, I feel like if you struggle with borderline personality disorder, you struggle with something else, whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar, autism, like any of those things, I feel like you deal with something else. So obviously it's like a- Cluster of a bunch of stuff. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh BPD is extremely complex. I have one person that quoted, The way that BPD feels, it's like if you have no emotional skin. Yes. Yes. Do you and I'm assuming yes. you agree with that since you just said yes.
2: Yes. Like I, I can't even like go on that. Cause I'm like, yeah, if I had no skin. You touched me. I would like scream. And I'm like, and that's how my emotions are. Like, it might seem little to true. you but me dropping that spoon. Like that's extreme. Cause in my head, I'm going to rationalize that as like, I can't even hold a spoon. Right. So I can't do anything. Right. And it's like a spiral.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, understand that and this is with the time that we're going to dig deep down into your childhood to, to get ready so um first I do have to ask how old are you
2: I am 21
1: okay okay yeah. I see you so you are um in like the gen z like generation essentially yes okay so the reason I always ask that question is because right now we are all we're really transforming on how mental health is spoken about me I'm 27 years old nearing towards 30 and I feel that mental health was different when I was like in high school versus um, now. And um, so I want to definitely like hear your opinion on that. But let's first talk about how old were you when you started noticing that you started feeling emotions um, more severely than others?
2: Um, It was probably around 12 years old because I would lose friendships and mm-hmm. I would have like I didn't realize at the time that these were crises, basically, mm-hmm. but I was in like major crises over the smallest things.
1: Can you give an example?
2: Um, So like if my parents would like even tell me to do anything, I would for some reason internalize it. Not really for some reason, obviously, like we know today what the reason is, mm-hmm. but I would internalize like small certain things as- like I can't do anything right if anything negative was spoken towards me if right. you know what trying
1: to say so be so okay, so essentially it'd be a it would be a challenging when you receive like negative feedback um yeah. so yeah so when you were a child were you bullying or like mistreated Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, looking back on my childhood, I was an only child, so I didn't really yes. have any siblings. Mm-hmm. And my parents, I think it's called a locky kid where like, if your parents weren't home, like you had to like lock the door, your friends weren't allowed to come over and like, you weren't allowed to leave. And my parents worked all the time. So I was alone all the time, but also my parents would send me to like my friend's house and stuff to basically like, okay like those will be your times like like if you had siblings like I will let them bully you so that way when you go to school it'll be fine
1: wait wait say it I'm sorry say it again let them bu- <laughs> wait what did I hear this yes person? I know I
2: went kind of quick because I'm just like yeah that's kind of awkward but wait no
1: no, no. I just sorry my uh my brain was just sometimes I go somewhere else and I like this for like a second okay say it again I also <laughs> say
2: things and I realize like this is gonna sound weird but like I normalize it, but I feel like when people hear, they're like, "That's not normal." Ways go back a second. No, <laughs> like, I
1: just sometimes want to like make sure I'm like my auditory, my, my auditory. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: but no, like I, um, so I had this like one best friend. I met her in like preschool, and she was mm-hmm. like, she was like, we and her were best friends. I can't say we weren't. We grew up together, and we were always together. But she wasn't really nice to me. Like she would. Take my stuff and like even her siblings would come into rooms and be like, be nice to her. Like, why are you yelling at her? Like, mm-hmm. why are you you her like this? But then I would like come home, tell my parents, my parents were like, Well, she like if you had siblings, that's just how it would be and it would be fine.
1: Uh, yeah. So they're in a way that's that's like they're defending her being mean to you because like, oh well, if you had siblings, you would have dealt with that pain anyway. Like that that's that's interesting. Um yeah that also like that's the back of my head just makes me like upset with that way of thinking because that's just like it shouldn't be normalized for people to be mistreated you know what I mean like that's that's like the biggest the biggest issue like you saw a relationship with your parents today
2: yes but it is a struggle and navigating through it is definitely a struggle
1: okay um so I do remember seeing either you wrote it to me or I saw it somewhere on your social media that you moved out at the age of 18. Can you talk about that experience?
2: Yes. So I was trying to move out beforehand because like I have touched base on this with my social media a little bit before. Mm -hmm. Um, I struggled with an eating disorder. So obviously like that isolated me to myself a lot more. I was internalizing a lot more. I was a lot more sensitive than now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like, when I was going through that, my parents weren't really understanding of that. And I, they weren't really getting me help, which I desperately needed help at the time. So like at 16, I was like trying to move out. And those were the times that if I were engaging in my eating disorder behavior, my parents would kick me out and I, and they would just like kind of push me away or be like, we're just going to send you to this home because I don't know why it wouldn't send me to any type of treatment, any therapy. Nothing would be like, I'm just going to send you away, lock you away, whatever. And I'm like, okay.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's like an authoritative parenting style in a way. Where, yeah, yeah, no, that's, I'm so sorry you had to deal with it that way. It's like, if you have a problem, okay, time to send her away. That's so damaging.
2: Yes. But then when they would like kick me out and stuff, they would like call the cops on me. And I'm like, what? (laughs)
1: Like, I cannot. Do you currently live on on your own now or? so
2: I got a lot going on like we're gonna go on so many tangents <laughs> so when I moved out at 18 I moved like an hour away from home I went
1: so Ohio to PA not yet
2: Okay, <laughs> not All right. okay. Yet. <laughs> so um I moved from Akron to Youngstown because I went to Youngstown State so that's where I moved
1: and I'm not familiar with that it's can you like yeah so it's
2: like uh what'd you say
1: I said it's uh, still in Ohio okay, okay got it got yeah it, yeah I so it. I moved from
2: like one area in Ohio to another got
0: area.
2: it okay went to school but that's when I dropped out but I met my ex-boyfriend we were together for like three years and he got a really good job in Pittsburgh so that's when we moved there together mm-hmm. well When you live together with someone, you figure Mm -hmm. out that they're or maybe a whole different person. Oh, I know. Been with them (laughs) for years, so I realized I was in kind of an abusive relationship. And he quit that really good job he was supposed to go to. And honestly, like I I even said, I would give him credit for that. Like what he did, I would never even do. Like, I'd be so scared to do what he did. And he was so strong for doing that. But how he was treating me during that Mm. was not fair to me. So Mm -hmm. I always give him credit for that. But after that point, like, no. So he ended up blaming my mental illness and leaving me,
1: even though. Which is horrible because the abandonment. Heart.
2: Yeah, and he left me in PA by myself with no family, nothing. Yes, oh my, all my utilities on me, did everything, and I was the problem.
0: People are universally attracted to cute things. Plus, your everyday anxiety will be magically calm once you start to color. Coloring is proven to be an effective way to de-stress and relieve anxiety by activating the parasympathic nervous system. This is why I created the Mentally a Badass Coloring Book. It is a self-affirmation color book with inspirational affirmations to help you feel better about yourself and give you the confidence you need in life. Order Mentally a Badass Coloring Book today on Amazon. The link will be in the podcast description.
1: So you were saying how your boyfriend pretty much abandoned you, blamed your mental illness, which is ugh, screw that guy. Yeah. Um, just had to throw it on there. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yes. I mean, I know how that feels, girl. Um, it's fucking sucks. So, yeah. okay, so we're going from there and pretty much abandoned you and left you with like little to nothing. So where did you go from there?
2: So I got another job and I was just like, I'm just gonna have to hustle this out. Like, I don't. And that was just like honestly the first time in my life that I've like did it and like was just like you know what everything gave up on me I'm giving up on myself because mm-hmm. usually that's how I am mm-hmm. I usually just like you know what just let it happen but this time I was like you know what I'm if I wanted to keep living here I could and I'm just gonna prove it mm-hmm. <laughs> like so yeah. I got two jobs and I got it together I turned my utilities back on because I had barely enough money but i made it work but i like looked at the situation i was like okay i can pay 1300 a month in rent by myself mm-hmm. and be miserable working two jobs in a city where i know nobody mm-hmm. or i can move back home even mm-hmm. though my home situation might not be the bestest mm-hmm. so i now it, i've only been here for like 2 months and i'm already looking for places to for my own mental health yeah but it has been Great being able to get back on my feet a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. I'm back at home, but the stress with like, oh, yeah, this is what was going on in the last three years that I ran away from.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like off this, I can totally have a full conversation with you about that. But yeah. it's no, no, it's true. It's kind of like you have to really think which one's harder being out in the world on your own, having that freedom and struggling financially. Or just kind of, like, going back and see, I would do is just hide myself in a, like, hide in a room or something. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the stuff I say, I swear.
2: Like, honestly, it's not too bad. Because, like, through those three years, my parents got divorced. They split up. So, it's, like, now I live with my dad. So, it's, like, I just live with him. So, it's not too bad when he's, like, at work. I'm usually here when he's at work in He's usually here when I'm at work. So, ah, it,
1: like, so it's kind of like you guys are, like roommates in a way. Yeah. I'm
2: like, it kind of, it like kind of works out until like one thing's off and then we're butting heads and you're like, you know, we go way back. <laughs> so we, we, butt head's harder than like, you know, roommates would.
1: Um, so thanks for talking a little bit about your childhood. Just so, so essentially from what I've learned is, you know, the childhood, the trauma, of, like, you know, having a strange, an strange relationship with your parents being an only child not having anybody feeling that loneliness at home and then also feeling it in school um they say that BPD is a learned um disorder do you what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah I found out like I didn't get diagnosed with borderline personality disorder until like two years ago but at 16 that's the first time I heard it and it was because my aunt was staying the night at my house with mm-hmm. my parents and my parents like honestly they just found a vape in my room I was like 16 they found a vape in my room
1: mm-hmm. and
2: they were like you know what we're taking you to jail
1: what? <laughs> is that the first thing they think of they're like oh when I see a vape I'm gonna go take you to jail I thought that you were gonna I thought you're gonna finish the sentence and say let's take you to a psychiatrist no let's take you no. to jail
2: <laughs> you're like you're going to jail <laughs> like
1: that's so, kind of traumatizing though
2: yeah my childhood was a little traumatizing like they were kind of like because even I would be like hey can we go get me help like please like because sometimes I'd be like lock me up in a hospital like just do I it felt that. just be like no and I'd be like,
1: <laughs> like oh girl oh my goodness yes. do you have like any friends that were supportive or understanding I had
2: friends yes I had really good friends that were supportive like my one friend I we were friends since we were four but we didn't get close until high school and uh-huh. like her mom was even trying to like can I put you on my insurance to figure out if we can oh that was figure sweet. but there was nothing we could do because obviously yeah, like
1: it works that way guardianship. Yeah. yeah
2: so like I was one of like honestly through my childhood like I was like they were just like ignore the problem like it's more of a problem than like on the outside, then what's going on in her? Like, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's, I mean, it's definitely both internal and ex- external. Yeah. But I think it just has a lot to do with just people just not understanding. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I don't know your family, obviously. I, I, I don't. But I'm, um, I just like, at least the people that I know that that does, I kind of behave in that way usually in other parts of their personality, they're pretty decent. So I'm like, okay, maybe they, they mean, well, they yeah. just don't get it. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: And that's how they were because they just had like, my parents had an extremely bad childhood.
0: Uh, so it's like yeah. they
2: unlearn things for me and I understand mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, and I'm not even mad at them, but obviously mm-hmm. I am. Like I still hold on to a little bit of that anger. Cause I mean, like you're human. Yeah, I'm humans. But at the same time, like I know that they laid a foundation for me to change. So that's where I find my like silver lining in all this.
1: And especially if you're saying that like your parents had a pretty crappy childhood, at least like they're trying, even though it's still traumatizing and hurtful, at least they are trying to do something where it's not like as bad that's yeah. what they went through and it takes time to really break that like what they say generational curse
0: yeah I think that's
1: what it's called um yeah. and I feel like our I mean I'm like kind of I'm in, I, mean, I, I feel like I am in your generation
2: yeah I'm in a weird spot I feel I'm like, like any, I'm in the weird spot too because I'm like I don't like. I'm Gen Z, but I'm I'm also like a millennial. Like I don't know. Like I'm the like I love '90s shows, and I don't like the 2000 shows. <laughs> and, like, do you know what yes. I'm talking about?
1: Wait, so what year were were you born?
2: 2001. So I'm like, oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, because I have a cousin that's 2000, and I feel like he experienced a lot of that kind of world before the current world today because right now the world is so different back than when we're like I mean you weren't in the 90s but like you were close enough I was explained
2: my generation as like the guinea pigs of technology like they Uh, didn't know what they were doing and we just had a (laughs) free-for-all
1: I mean when I got Instagram it was I was it was 2011 and I was I think a junior maybe end of sophomore year junior in high school
2: I think I got Instagram when I was like in the sixth
1: or seventh grade okay yeah and when I was in yeah. sixth and seventh grade I had like a flip phone and I thought I was the coolest person ever
2: yeah that's when I had my flip phone I remember like one of those Christmases I got an iPod and so I was like yeah like I can get Instagram and Snapchat and uh, stuff now
1: um but since we're on the topic of social media um when did you start your TikTok account
2: I started it a few years ago uh, 2020 whenever COVID happened that's when I started my account but I didn't take it seriously until last year, if that makes sense.
1: So it was be- it was before the Charlie D'Amelio era.
2: Yes. <laughs> or it might have been after. Because I remember I was being stubborn about it. I was like, I'm not getting TikTok. Everybody <laughs> so has So <TikTok.">
1: was I. <laughs> like,
2: I was like, I'm not getting it.
1: Like, it's um, just for kids. <laughs> yeah. And I was like,
2: I don't want to. Like, I honestly, I feel like I would get stuck. And I did get stuck. I am always stuck
1: on TikTok. <laughs> yeah Um, when did you start like skyrocketing because right now you have around 30 ish thousand followers when did you start gaining a following
2: honestly I was at a really this is going to sound so weird and I know you're in spirituality which makes this even better and you're gonna be like okay I believe you (laughs) like Uh. (laughs) so like it was a little bit over a year ago I was like in a super bad place and it was like one of those things I was questioning like what do I want to do now? Like, Mm -hmm. I really don't have much to lose. I don't have much to gain. Where do I go? So it was like, one of those moments is like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to connect with others. Like I dropped out of school because I was doing social work before and I just heard so many horror stories. And I was like, I don't think my little heart can do this. I was like, I want to help people, but I feel like I will be screwing people over. So I was like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, so- I was like, well, the first thing is just building a community. What mm-hmm. do I do? So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use the sources that I know. And that was social media. So on TikTok, I just started posting my own personal story. And I was like, okay, by this time, I will have 10K followers. And I wrote the date down on a piece of paper. And I would look at it every single day. Mm-hmm. And I, do- I wish I had my notebook on me right now. Just so I could show you. And I even have a screenshot of the date when I did it but I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a following and this is how I'm going to do it. And by the date, it was a day before I hit 10K followers. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I am really building my community. Mm -hmm. But, and it wasn't in just the sense of like, I'm just going to post whatever, do whatever. Because I was like, yes, it was that because I want to keep it as real as I can. But it's more of like in a growth way because I don't want to be, I don't want to be woe is me, and I don't want to put content out there that is harmful. Yeah. Like, I want to build a community that helps each other grow, and I know that I don't know exactly what that image is exactly yet, but all I know is I wanted to start doing it, and that's what I did.
1: (laughs) It's kind of like a thought that was, like, put into your head, and I- when you told me that you were going to school for social work for the purpose of wanting to help people in the mental health industry, but then you realized that you couldn't, like your heart couldn't take it, like I literally had the same thought process because yes,
2: like when yeah. it's done through the system, it's kind of like it it does help some people, but I'm like some people get lost in the holes and like you yeah just, my boyfriend was a foster kid because xyz like you can
1: <laughs> like
2: you very much can you're just like I don't know like it just didn't sit right with me
1: like right I was going to more like nearing towards therapy so being like people's therapist I was like oh I'm always listening to everybody in school and I'm like everyone's therapist and I'm really good at giving you know advice and helping others so at the time social media wasn't how it is today so I didn't even think of like what I'm doing right now and then I was like I feel like I would be a horrible therapist I feel like I'll be crying with everybody you know what I mean
2: yeah I'm like such an empath like I'd be like yeah me too
1: (laughs) and then yeah so it's kind of like you know that you're on this earth to help people and to heal others and you're and I do believe in like the angel numbers I'm a huge Mm -hmm. believer on that I'm always seeing angel numbers are you seeing angel numbers
2: I always see angel numbers. I'm so connected to angel numbers.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I talk to a lot of people and I bring that up and literally like majority of people are like, no, I don't. So it's interesting.
2: No, I angel numbers are my thing. Like if I see one, like, even though I know what they are, I'll be like, mm-hmm. all right, phone, Give me the Google because I just saw this number. Oh, I do and I the to, same thing. And I need to know what it means right now so I can act accordingly.
1: <laughs> I, oh my God, that is crazy how you're saying that because I low-key do that.
2: Yeah, no. And like, sometimes I'll forget, but then sometimes it'll like really, like I'll be like, I intuitively looked at that one way too hard. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. And honestly, I, I feel like there's also ha- could have been a lot of times in our lives where we could have, oh, God, I'm trying to think of like times when I like, could have died, or whatever. Yeah, and that, but you know, we're still we're still here. And I believe that we don't there is a reason for that. I believe everything is for a reason, which is why like, I try to like, not like, you know, step away from fear. And you know, I yeah. do have fear. And that's just human. But that's my point on that. Most people don't have the courage to go on social media and film vulnerable moments of themselves, such as crying and rants and such how did you develop the courage can we talk about that
2: (laughs) Uh, I honestly was that a hard question that's a hard question (laughs) because I get that question all the time and I'm just like I don't know like I really feel like being your realest self will get you the farthest and I don't know why, and I'm just like, okay, if, if I'm just hiding me crying, I kind of just feel like crap, and it's not that I'm crying for attention or anything like that, like, that's just really how I express my emotion, and there's nothing wrong with that,
1: mm-hmm. so,
2: and I feel like maybe that's why, like, I, me personally, I'm very big on, there's nothing wrong with expressing your emotion, like, however, exactly, day, yeah, it's fine, like, So me crying isn't really a big deal. Now someone else, they might hide their tears and be like, no, crying is the biggest deal. But honestly, I feel like resisting the emotion of anything is a big problem and why people get stuck in that emotion. So I'm like, as long as you release it, Mm -hmm. it is going to be okay, but you have to release it how your body wants to release it. And that doesn't mean like throwing it, like throwing things and being destructive, but releasing it through like natural ways. So I feel like maybe that's why. And I also, that's also a big reason why I do it. Cause I'm like, you shouldn't be really afraid of your emotions. You should kind of lean into them. If that makes sense.
1: No, that a hundred percent makes sense. And I'm completely with you on that and completely agree with you. There's, uh, there's, There's people out there who just don't get that. And they're always taught, oh, hide your emotions and this and that. Um, how does your audience react to those videos?
2: They love those videos. Like Mm -hmm. they, when honestly, the videos that when I pick up my phone and I'm having my realest rawest moments, those are the videos that do the best. If I plan a video and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and do that. Those videos really don't do that well. And I feel like because Mm -hmm. they aren't real and they aren't Mm -hmm. showing real emotion, and not that it makes that big of a difference, but it really, really does. Showing up as your real self, like your truest self makes a difference. Like you just show up better for others. And it's kind of like, that's just kind of proof of it. Whenever you're not putting on a facade and whenever you're just showing up as you are, that's when you resonate the best with another person.
1: Yeah, I know you're hundred percent correct. And that's why, um, the people who do what others aren't doing are the ones that are getting, you know, that following. And then people are, you know, they're on TikTok, let's say, maybe going to bed and they're alone. They're going to yeah. be doing acting like your complete self because you're not putting a mask on. So being in that state of mind, especially since TikTok's algorithm is just knows how our brains think. Mm-hmm. It's, so they're being attracted to you. Because they're you're doing what they're like scared to do themselves, what they're thinking in their head. And Mm -hmm. they don't have to necessarily admit it to their close friends and family. They can just be doing it on like their own like private time. And that's Mm -hmm. how like you're giving them that kind of space for that. And then if and they can also just put like a random TikTok name and have a conversation.
0: It's kinda like,
1: yeah. And and it's kinda in a way kind of anonymous, depending of course if you want to put your real name or put user one two three four yeah Um, you know hopefully this user one two three four stays nice because usually those are trolls (laughs) (laughs) or they might
2: troll me you never know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah oh my goodness uh i've been i've been trolled oh i've been trolled on the internet i'm sure we've all experienced it in in some way
2: about the things that make people uncomfortable you get (laughs) trolled. oh (laughs) yeah and it's usually it's usually the
1: yeah it's usually the older generation like the boomers who just don't get it i'm not gonna say for everybody i'm sure there's there's are a lot of people out there who are in that generation that do but it's yes, just it's more normalized in boomers. our generation That's, some are
2: nicer than others <laughs> like,
1: yeah i agree like... with that so let's envision your future here what would you do when your tiktok account hits 1 million mentally illess? is that what you're saying is that what you say? Yeah, <laughs> <The> mentally
2: illest.
1: <laughs> that's so slight Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So once you hit, let's say you hit a million followers, how are you gonna? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna? How you gonna use your platform?
2: I honestly am going to keep it remotely the same. Like it's yeah. not that. Like obviously, I'm going to change with the times because that's just how times are. And
1: once you get a million tomorrow.
2: Oh gosh.
1: I mean, that's always possible.
2: I would, I would, I, would I, I don't even know what I would do. I would fall over and die is what I would do. Like,
1: but fall over no, and die. That's hilarious.
2: But in reality, like if I were to hit 1 million and not even if I were to hit 1 million, because I'm not one of those people. I'm like, you need to hit a certain mm-hmm. point. You need to do something. Yeah. Else. Like, it's one of those things. Like if you get the intuitive hit, do it. Yeah. And lately, my intuitive hit, and not even lately, like my whole life dream, it's like I feel like where it's aligning is I want to be a life coach one day. Like I want to yes. coach other people who are like me. And mm-hmm. or in they don't even have to have the diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. Like, even if you're just extremely emotional or whatever, I want to be able to coach those people in their lives on how to manage those things and how to navigate their day-to-day and I'm not saying like I would be a doctor and prescribe them stuff and do all that but that's not what I'm saying but just kind of basically like a therapist because that's what coaching is it's just like one of those industries where you can do it to your own terms and that's why I want to go into it because I'm like yes social work didn't really align with me but I feel like what I'm doing now I could do every day for the rest of my life
1: right and you have control over that You know, like you're your own boss. Like if you're in social work, you have to abide by the laws, the whatever rules that you have because you're being employed by. um, I don't know what you're being. You know what I mean? You have more control of how you want to help others. And there's a lot of times where, you know, when there comes, let's say in social work with certain laws you have to follow and maybe you may not agree with certain things. And then it puts you in a position where it's making it hard for you to do what you truly want to do yes yeah and then also i know it's like that not the money whatever but naturally money gives more freedom and gives more opportunities and that's just the reality of money you can also even do things like making you know writing a book or going on tour and doing talks and that gives you more of the kind of opportunity where you can reach more people
2: Yes, because I honestly even said like my another goal of mine is to do a TED talk one day. Like that's further down the line, but I would love to do a TED talk. Like that would be amazing. Like talking is my thing. I love talking. (laughs)
1: Like manifest it. Yeah. Cause I've even
2: emailed them one time, like, cause I was like, oh, I'm did? just gonna prove myself that I can email them. Cause it was like way, it was, I think I had like 10,000 followers then I was like, they probably won't <laughs> even look at it. But I was like, just to show myself today that I can do it, that whenever I get there, that I can just do it again. It wasn't that scary before. Yeah. So cause I'm one of those people I'm like, just lean into the scary because it's really not that bad.
1: Like, else well, do you have to do. Do you know Kesha apparently jumped some fences to get her CD in someone's hands?
2: huh good for her yeah
1: i did a report on her in high school
2: i love that for her
1: (laughs) no seriously other people that are very like notable and like well known and have legacies have done probably something that others wouldn't do
2: and another thing i do is i'd like study people like that like i read i just read the alchemist and now i'm reading this book that my mom got it in business school but for some reason i really wanted to read it is i think it's start with the why i think that's
1: Mm -hmm. what it's called
2: and it's basically just a book on like, just remember your reason why, like, it's not about marketing. It's not about strategy. It's not about anything. Just remember your reason why.
1: Yeah. It always starts with the why. Yeah. I've definitely yes. have dealt, learned a lot about the why. Um, and then without a why you have no foundation. Yes. Of what you're doing. It,
2: yes. Not at all. And even with like the life coaching, because I feel like this would interest you and I like meant to bring this up a while ago, but we keep going on tangents. I actually just did a hypnotherapy session Mm -hmm. the other day on inner child. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really interesting. And I think that I, when I do incorporate life coaching into everything Mm -hmm. that I want to kind of do things like (laughs) hypnotherapy and like, reiki if i ever learn that like i want to incorporate that into like my healing that's
1: stuff. really cool mm-hmm. i w- i've never done hypnotherapy i always wanted to
2: it's like it's not as scary as people think cuz i was explaining to someone else is like i'm not going to be hypnotized and i don't want them doing things to me that i don't know what they're doing and it's like right. you know, you're literally just in your own brain and they're kind of just telling you scenarios and you can kind of like feel the scenario and like Your body will tense up at certain points. And it's like, hmm, that's interesting. And like for Uh me, when I was doing the inner child one, Uh she said that, like, okay, hug your inner child and ask her what she needs, and like ask her, I don't remember what she said. She said, basically give your inner child exactly what she like, basically what she needs. But mine was extremely resistant because at this point in my life, I realized I'm at this stuck point where I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it.
1: Right. Yeah. So my
2: inner child was still in my scenario was still kind of angry at me. And Mm -hmm. maybe in someone else's scenario, it wouldn't really be the same, Mm -hmm. but I kind of got some feedback like, Hey, like she's mad at me. Like she is mad at me because I'm not doing the things that I need to do. Like, so like, and I want to learn how to do that. Cause I'm like, that's a way more natural way of healing than numbing someone out on medication oh a
1: hundred percent agree with you on that oh my
2: yes and you you don't have to make somebody talk about the things they don't want to talk about if they don't Mm -hmm. want to talk about it Mm -hmm. they just know for themselves like that's what you need to work on and you don't have to feel comfortable telling me that because you know because you're told you and it's like that's like really cool and I like just want to learn how to do that so I can teach Mm -hmm. other people how to do that
1: that's really cool that's mm-hmm. awesome. And you can easily, like, with the with Zoom and everything, I guess that's something you could probably do over Zoom. Like, you want to... Um, yeah, I like, person. virtual
2: would probably be best for me, because I'm like, for one, like, I... All my... All oh, your audience I, is all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, like, all online and all that. And I'm like, and plus, that just makes it way more easier for people like me. I like doing virtual appointments better, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have to go anywhere, and I can wear my comfy clothes. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah no everyone's yeah definitely everyone's different on that let's talk about because you were mentioning you are you a personal trainer now
2: um no I'm not a personal trainer now I am just like taking a certification right now Oh,
1: uh, okay like,
2: yes because I'm also big on like getting in touch with your body and like health right and everything is like really important to your mental, mental oh health. yeah
1: I have a personal trainer now and he's kicking my butt oh um, <laughs>
2: heck yeah <laughs>
1: It's, I love it though. I love yes. the personal training. It honestly really pushes me more, and um, just yeah. Anyway, um, okay. I'm. I want to talk about nutrition. You said that you know a lot about about food.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: all per. I personally believe nutrition is extremely important. I also believe the government trying to kill us with processed food. Oh my! I want to hear your thoughts on this.
2: I um, literally believe the government is trying to kill us with processed oh, food. 100 percent
1: oh my god the Good. stuff that's in our food
2: yes and like i'm like that doesn't even look like what it's supposed to look like <laughs> you know what i'm saying I, like yeah i don't chicken under- from mcdonald's doesn't look like chicken that you would buy from before <laughs> like so like what do you mean like
1: yeah so what do you do for yourself when it comes to nutrition like like do you have like any like tips
2: yes i do because i feel like a lot of the times I want to be a quick grabber. Like everyone is a quick grabber. Like I don't really feel like cooking right now. Like a lot of the times, like you're not going to want to cook three times a day. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to eat three meals a day. Be real. Like you're not going to want to need a
1: lot of humans.
2: Yeah, we do naturally. We just eat a lot. So it's like you grab a lot. My biggest tip is like, say you're cooking like pasta one night. And you're only cooking one, one meal of pasta, cook the whole box of pasta and save the rest for the rest of the week. Like, cause that is honestly a lifesaver for me. Cause I used to only cook like one meal for myself, but then I'm like, you know what, just cook it all. And then if you, you let it go, like quote unquote bad, you can freeze it for later. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, anything stays good in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like, that's my biggest tip on nutrition. Like if you're trying to get more whole foods in when like you're cooking those whole foods, cook the entire thing because I guarantee you you'll grab it one time or another when you're hungry because you're not going to feel like driving to go get the food that one day. So I will say like to keep whole foods always at hand, cook the whole freaking thing.
1: I think <laughs> like, you good. That's pretty good advice. Not gonna yeah. lie. Like when um a bit ago when I was like basically just cooking just for myself, mm-hmm. I would be that person like have some of the box and don't put their...
2: Yeah. And I still catch myself doing it, but then sometimes I'm like, it literally takes the same amount of time to, cook yeah, it, yeah it I like guess all of it.
1: I think what never went through my mind was the whole freezing thing. Yeah. I know that's
2: the one I just learned. Cause my dad was like, you waste so much food. And I was like, well, I can't eat it now. I was like, I let it sit in my fridge. He was like, freeze it. Yeah. He was like, I do that with all my food and you've been eating it the whole time growing up. And I was like, that never, my brain never computed. that.
1: Yeah, no, I honestly recently learned that myself from a family member. And I was like, I didn't even think of that. I'm like, that's so smart.
2: Yes. And also seasonings are your best friend. Like if you're trying to eat whole foods, a lot of people like they're like, Oh, I don't like it. I'm like, yeah, if you're not like every place seasons, your food, like every, every processed food if you look on the back it's seasoned with something like if you're not seasoning your own whole foods that's probably why you don't like it
1: that's <laughs> like, true yeah so. i agree with that mm-hmm. um okay so there are a lot of people out there in society that says to people who have mental illness just go to the gym eat healthy you'll be fine what would you say back to them
2: too much of a good thing can be a bad thing
1: Oh, that's like, actually really good. That's mm-hmm. an interesting perspective. He talked a little more about I
2: that. I feel like maybe because maybe I struggle with borderline personality that my I'm very black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. And I have had that mindset of being extremely healthy. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, you're right. Maybe I just need to be perfect mm-hmm. to be better. I need to work out. I need to do this. I need to do that. And that also made me feel like crap so it's more of balance in finding Mm -hmm. what is your balance because there is no picture perfect you're gonna have both days you're gonna feel bad and you're gonna feel good Mm -hmm. and if you're not feeling one or the other you should be concerned
1: yeah that's actually a really unique way of responding back to that because my statement carefully could have been um taken in multiple different Different ways. Um, some people would say, I mean, my response, my response would have been back how the just going to the gym and eating healthy and going for a walk is not gonna fix your inner wounds. Mm. So I really liked how you responded differently than what either way I responded, but you have an absolutely good point. Is that there are yeah, if you do too much of the gym and eating healthy, you could create that whole idea of, oh, I gotta be perfect and oh I gotta lose weight or oh, why am I not losing weight here and then it can also develop into eating disorders and such. Mm-hmm. And no one really thinks of it like that. So it's mm-hmm. also like being really careful of how much you're really going to the gym. Like I would like people would go to the gym like every single day. And I guess mm-hmm. maybe do more of it to fix their mental health. But um just one thing like is not going to fix everything. Just like people think some people think, oh just going on medication, you'll be fine. And that's not true.
2: Like honestly, when I was with my ex, Mm -hmm. I was overtraining and I was going to the gym like sometimes twice a day just because Mm -hmm. I was struggling so bad mentally, I didn't know how else to get away from it. Mm -hmm. So I guess I wasn't physically harming my body, but Mm -hmm. I was harming my body. I was very much harming my body and I wasn't being I wasn't able to keep up with my nutritional needs because stress. Suppressed your appetite. And I was working out all the time. Like it was just a hot mess. So I'm like, yeah, you can work out and eat healthy, but I was masking a lot of my stuff through that at a certain point as
1: well. Yeah. Because you were focusing on the physical health, but not much of the mental. I mean, the gym does help mental as well, because you know, you get more the chemicals in the brain, but a lot of people always ignore what is like like all the inner work like and work that stuff takes time mm-hmm. like i've been like on a develop personal development journey for like 10 years
2: yeah no the first time this is weird because i've even told people like the first time i heard about self-development i was like 12 like i just googled like oh, really?
1: this,
2: how to be happy Like oh. you know, 12. <laughs> so i've been like a self-development guru so since that time i have like i've been through so many different changes because I'm like oh yeah self-development I'll always go back to that
1: (laughs) oh my goodness I feel like we can literally be talking for like hours I think we're already like at 50 minutes
0: yeah um
1: because I there's other things I want to talk about it's more of like actually one thing I want to ask you is when I look watch all watch your videos you're very detailed about BPD Mm -hmm. how are you like so educated on this like what are you doing in like the back the background that you're able to like it's just it's very pati- like specific like every video that you make is mm-hmm. not um like broad it's not just what everyone's like oh like how to help anxiety or how to like stuff that's been done like a million times like you always have something different in your video that is like oh I never even thought of that oh yeah I think I'm feeling that too how do you like how do you know all this I think that's my biggest question this
2: is how you like I get this question a lot too because people like in my day it'll be like how do you even think of stuff like that right I feel like me yes I've done my research and like sometimes like if I have a thought I will make sure before I post it for everybody to see like I don't want to spread anything harmful like mm-hmm. I want to make sure that what I'm talking about is correct so mm-hmm. if I like, have a thought I will like Google it and be like, okay, make sure look for my .govs. I'm not just going to pull it out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of it, I'm extremely intuitive. Like Mm -hmm. there are certain times, like I just like, I'm like, yep, just put that out there. Like, I don't, I really, that sounds so weird. I think
1: you're gifted. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're gifted. You just have a brain where you're very creative and people who have BPD, who have mental illnesses, xyz whatever um we're known for being creative
2: yeah and I feel like it's just one of those things like I'm like I don't know why but it just kind of comes to me and I'm like yep yeah, and I'm just gonna put it out there
1: <laughs> yeah it comes to me like a lot of times things come to me when I'm trying to like go to sleep trying to fall asleep
2: mine's like in the morning like, really? yes in the. Morning- oh my god
1: mornings are horrible for me
2: see I don't know why I used to hate my mornings but I think where I hated them so much I was like something something's got to change right now so I have like a gray area with my mornings now like me I romanticize my mornings for so long to now that I like them like breakfast and all that my favorite time of day nights are my hardest time I don't really really a lot of intuitive hits at night
1: oh I'm like the opposite on that
2: yeah it's like after like four or five o'clock in the day I'm like done like
1: i my brain's like go to bed so you can have your intuitive hits really in the i i was on tiktok last night you know the usual and there was this one person i think she was like i don't know, she was a therapist psychiatrist or whatever it was like some interview and she was saying that people with bpd have like um like their circadian rhythm is like i guess basically like messed not messed oh yeah i guess kind of stuff like like dysregulated so they were saying oh yeah people who be B- bpd go to bed at like two to four in the morning and they wake up at like noon but now here I, where you're saying i don't know that's even it's different, well, i different but it's is interesting
2: where i was super i used to be the person that used to go to bed at like 4 a.m 7 a.m sleep till two right but i i hated my life I will say that like my life was just not good. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why it just wasn't. And there was like certain points. I was so tired of seeing the sun come up. Mm -hmm. I was so tired. And then like waking up and everyone already did a bunch of stuff. Like it just, it like really, really sucked. And like, Uh I was was like, you know what? I am setting an alarm for 7am every Uh Sunday. I don't care how tired I am. I'm getting up at 7am. So Uh I'm regulated the next day. So, like me, I live by a schedule. Like I have to. And if Oh, me
1: too. You see my calendar.
2: Crap. Oh, yeah, same. (laughs) Like, like my life goes to crap. Like, even if I go to bed at like 1 a.m. now, like I'm like, I don't care. I wake up at seven. So that way the next day I can regulate and make sure I'm going to bed at a time. (laughs) Yes, me, I'm a pen and pencil person. So mine's a really
1: yeah, I, I used to be but then I, this just helps me a lot just because like i do everything on google pretty much and then also my watch can like remind me but um yeah no sorry i didn't mean to like interrupt you i was like let me show you how crazy my calendar looks and it's like i function better because it helps i guess it helps relieve anxiety
2: yes and like i'm i just can't like i wouldn't be able to carry my tiktok or anything really. If I didn't even have my sleep schedule, that sounds so weird. But like, no, if it's I not. did not, that's smart. Yes. So like, and I feel like there. In this didn't stop until like a few years ago either. Like maybe not even like a few years ago, like two years ago, when I was just like, you know what? I'm just setting an alarm for 7 a.m. every single mm-hmm. day. But sometimes, like at night, I'm not that strict to myself. Like at night, if I realize like, okay, this is a later night, I'll set it from like seven hours from when I go to bed. So that way I'm like, cause that's a healthy amount of sleep. Seven to nine. Uh-huh,
1: hours uh-huh, so I uh-huh. make
2: sure that I'm like, those will set you up for like a better day. Like your day might not be perfect, but it'll set you up. I promise. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, no, I definitely, I try to be like, it's like, it's, it's so challenging. Well, today I woke up pretty late. I woke up at like 10, 15, but well, that was also because I was like, had a couple of glasses of wine the night before. My yeah, I at like <laughs> nine today, which
2: is a little later for me. But I was, I also serve right now. But I'm like, like I said, I'm like, I'm trying to find my like, when's my two feet in moment? <laughs> like, so like mm-hmm. I served last night, and so I was like, I was so beat. So I was like, oh you're a
1: server, sorry. So you're saying you served last night? I was like, serving what? <laughs> no, I'm a server. That was, yeah. that was my thought for a second, because like technically, like that could also mean like you're serving at church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was serving my tables. <laughs> <laughs> just just my defense technically serving me yeah. at a lot of different things yes were you serving the homeless were you serving a church yeah.
2: I'm one of those people I will leave out parts of the story and just add them in there and that's like I said in the beginning I was like people are like wait what you didn't even <laughs> go
1: oh and my boyfriend part. does the same thing too sometimes he'll just ra- we'll be like in the car and he would just randomly say a sentence then and I'm like I look at him like context. he's like oh yeah I'm like yeah you forgot that sentence before that sentence I don't know what you're saying <laughs> yes he would say it in his head maybe and then like That's then sweet. words would come out and then yeah, he does that a lot and then at first when i didn't like realize what he was doing i was like he would get mad at me because i wouldn't understand what he was saying and i'm like well i don't get what you're saying you get frustrated i'm like he's like no i said this i'm like no you didn't i i i don't i don't hear any audio um coming out of your mouth it was literally just a sentence and then i think he realized later on that he probably thought of something and then said something and then so now I'm like he's when he does it I turn I'm like context. he's like oh sorry yes
2: that's how I am I'm like I thought I said it but I'm like no I just thought it I did no saying
1: like- oh my goodness okay um so let's start wrapping up here
2: okay.
1: so um I would what I always like to ask my guests at the end it's just like that like last piece of advice that you would like to provide to um, people that are listening to this um to this uh, podcast. People who are most likely listening to it are going to be the ones that think they have BPD or want to feel like someone understands um the magic of SEO. Um, so, if you can talk to someone who thinks they have BPD, like what was the advice that you would give them?
2: The advice I would give them is that you're not overreacting. That mm-hmm. your emotions are real, and they are one hundred percent valid, mm-hmm. but you have to keep in mind that your reactions will have an effect, and that I'm trying to word this in like a really good way. Um, <laughs> you're gonna take your time because I like there's so <laughs> many things I want to say. And I don't really rein into why you're reacting these ways and stuff, and I know. That it seems scary and that it doesn't feel like you want to feel the feelings you're feeling, Mm -hmm. but really why? And let that guide you into your next steps. Like, and please reach out to the people around you. Like you feel like sometimes that you can internalize this and fix this on your own. But a lot of the behavior with BPD is learn behavior. So sometimes the people closest to you might not have the tools to teach you. So sometimes reaching out to people outside your circle will really, really help you throughout your recovery. I know that every time that I felt like I was stuck and I reached out my circle, that is when I showed improvement in my recovery.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think you have a discord, don't you? Um, yeah I started it but
2: something happened to it yesterday but I am working on it as okay yes. yeah because I was gonna <laughs> yes. say, like
1: I'll put that in the description if people wanted to join it yeah um, also of course I'm gonna put your TikTok in there it's okay and they're
2: both just Tierra Haas my Discord and my TikTok and then my Instagram is Tierra Lorraine that one's a little different because I like had that as my middle name and had that one forever. So
1: right. yeah. Yeah,
2: like, the name on that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, people can always, when they go on their TikTok, that's how I found you on Instagram. I just clicked your Instagram and I just mm-hmm. took me there. And that's yeah, how yeah. I messaged you. And that's how I found you. Don't you just love the internet?
2: I really do love the internet. It could be I so really good
1: if it. used the right way.
2: Yes. I've met so many amazing, beautiful people on the internet. And honestly, the people that relate to me the most on the internet.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, everyone listening, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Go ahead and follow uh, Tierra. And yeah, this is Mentally a Badass.